Welcome to Let Me Know How It Is, a pop culture podcast about TV, movies, comics, and all things geek. We're covering flashbacks for today's episode. I'm Zach Slater. I'm Frank Melman. This is Tommy Smitherings. And I'm Clifton. So, I don't think we need to do much setup here. Everyone has encountered flashbacks in media before, right? Mm-hmm. So, yes. uh, we're listing off our three favorite instances where flashback was utilized. So, we will go ahead. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. It was hard for me to decide which to go first with. Um, the movie Memento made my list. Okay. okay. And the reason why is because normally flashback takes maybe once or twice during the course of a movie. But damn near 50% of this whole movie is a flashback. Right. In which it, it, it keeps going to a flashback after mm. every scene. It alternates between real time and flashback, real time and flashback, real time and flashback to the point that... um. It tells its own story within the flashback as opposed to reveal that much more to the movie like flashbacks originally do. Right. But yeah, Memento is my um, choice, which is damn near the whole movie. And it's also like in reverse order because a lot of times you'll get something that'll like it might go to flashbacks a lot, but then it puts those flashbacks in normal sequential order. So you get like the beginning of a story in a flashback, then real time, then a little bit more of the story in a flashback, then real time, then a little bit more. Right. But yeah, Memento for doing it in reverse was definitely yes. notable. Yes. It's been a while since I've seen this one. I was gonna, I was going to say the same thing. I like Me too. I I I was the guy that saw it in the movie theater. Yeah. Uh, oh wow. <laughs> I, I did as well. Really? Yeah, okay. Me too. Uh, <laughs> so we were the three people. Yes. It's an, it's an interesting <laughs> one where I remember seeing like Ebert like write a review of it when it came out and and he was like a little gimmicky but right. he's like what it does he's like what what the what the 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 reverse chronology aspect of the movie does is it puts you kind of in 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 the same place as the character is who has no short-term memory he doesn't retain any short-term memory right and right. so you are just as confused as the main character is sort of like living day-to-day life Right. Which I thought was an interesting observation. Um, yeah. And it was the start of uh, Christopher Nolan. Yes, it was. Yes. I thought when Tommy mentioned this, he might be trying to troll me, but. <laughs> <laughs> I was, but. Mm. <laughs> I like it, this one. This one I like. I think this one as a gimmick, I think works really well. But yeah. he doesn't leave the whole gimmick, but this is the best use of it. Yeah, he loves flashbacks. It's a good movie. <laughs> the thing about it, I remember I, I, I saw it with my buddy Kevin and man, the car ride home where we're trying to like where we're discussing the movie and just and just the semantics of it happens before. Like, no, that scene's after like that, like just it made talking about the movie impossible. Right. You're trying right? to reassemble it in order. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like you have to decide if you're going to have a conversation. What like when you say before what that means. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, if, like if it's before as you saw it in the movie or before chronologically. Right. Like, yeah. No, it's a good pick, though. It's a good movie. I thought it was a great. Yeah, it is. No one's arguing this one. I should go back and watch that again. I'm going to find out yes. it's playing somewhere. <laughs> yeah. No one is arguing this one. I remember the DVD <laughs> had an option to uh to play it in reverse yeah so to play it yes. in actual chronological order yeah i've never done that but <laughs> <laughs> it's a possibility yeah i may it's currently on tubi tv for free and canopy if you have that through your library or something huh but yeah okay no it's, a good, it's a good one tommy should we move on do we want to <laughs> <laughs> i just want the uh, what's more to say it was a great movie other okay. than that right. yeah all right. So I chose, as opposed to choosing just particular, well, it's, it's one episode, but as opposed to choosing a flashback, it's a, it's a moment where the show sort of turns on the idea of using the flashback, and mm-hmm. then the main story becomes the flashback at that point. Okay. Well, I'm confused. <laughs> Say that one more time. So yeah. basically what, what I'm saying is yeah, Lost. I know yeah. Lost. Lost, uh, season three finale of Lost, Through the Looking Glass, right? Okay. Basically, what they do at that point for, for you know, Lost is one of those shows that that you know, basically, I think for television, really just hit hard the idea of we can tell our expositional story through flashback for all these characters, right? 
Mm-hmm. And they can they can show how they were connected before flight flight eight one five, right? And before they ended up on the island, and you get to episode this finale of season three, and it's a two hour episode, and it's probably one of my it's like I would have to say of, of all the, the entire series, it's one of my like those two episodes are my favorites, just because it does this thing where instead of like flash it flash forwards and then the main story becomes the flashback. Okay, right. So we jump you, to the future from right from the what we've been following is the present and the present becomes the past. Right. Oh, and because right. it's one of those things where it's done in a way where you're like, well, maybe this is taking, you know, they don't really, you know, there's not a lot of hand-holding on Lost. There, you know, there's not a lot of let's lead you along. Mm-hmm. Let's not baby duck you along for Lost. There's kind of like the feeling at first of like, well, is this the future? Wait, is this the past? And then when you moment that when it turns, you're like, oh, so they're showing you what happens after they get off the, spoiler, island <laughs> <laughs> to what's going on after. And it's, it's a great episode. It's the, a lot of, you know, a lot of big things happen in this finale. Um, they show the moments that lead up to them, you know, before they, and then the whole season after that is, is a long bit to get them off the island. But still, I love this episode. I love Through the Looking Glass. I think it's one of the best things they did as a series. Okay. Yeah, Lost. I never, I never watched much of it, so I'm yeah. not too familiar with the show. It was one of those that that felt like, at least storytelling wise, and then I think later on it was either Lindelof or um, Damon Lindelof or uh, Carlton Coos, the one of the, like, the producers said. You know, we looked at stuff like Watchmen and the way that Watchmen is um, is able to tell so much of its story that you feel invested in the characters by learning about them before they get to the present events. Right, mm-hmm. and Lost does that from you know, from the pilot on. And then, like I said, we get these glimpses from this point where it switches and it's, it's not, you know, in, in shows that use a lot of, uh, flashback, I think like, it's not a show that I watch, but I understand like, this is us is real big on flashbacks. Mm. You know, it's one of mm. those things where this was a neat, I, I always love the idea of how this episode or this, this finale plays out and does that flip where then, like I said, the, the, the main story now is like, Oh, we're, we're playing back to this. Right. That's a cool gimmick. Yeah, I'll give it to I, him. That sounds neat. Yeah, it's good. I mean, it's yeah. it's a good, it's a really cool turning point. Like I said, and most of their finales are pretty good, but this one, like I said, this one has a lot of payoff to storylines at that point. Mm-hmm. And Lost was one of those shows that loved to like set stuff up. It's like you know Claremont X Men where they keep feeding you new stuff to keep <laughs> right, you coming right. back, mm-hmm. and then you're hoping at some point it's going to get paid off. And this is right. Okay, that that was going to be my question, which it's going to sound like I'm throwing shade at the show, but right. you know, I mean, no, nobody's going to deny this. Like, th- like season three, I, like that was when people thought they still had a plan, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. At okay, that, point, right? was, that, was, was, that was, that was when they're like, cause I remember like people like fanatically following it, right. like insisting that, that, you know, this was all leading someplace. And then, right. and then I just remember there was a point, there was like a, a shift in the fandom when they were like, I don't know if, <laughs> if yeah, <laughs> season three was still at the height of lost mania. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's a good, I mean, like I said, it's, it's a good, it's a good finale. And like I said, it's one of those that there's a payoff and things happen and you know, it's, it's not a, I mean, it's one of those episodes also where you have what, you know, the thing that I always love is the, like the, the bit in empire or, or like uh yeah, I guess Empire is a good word. Like they, everyone has a mission. Everyone's got to do their thing. Endgame's another example mm-hmm. where, like, we're going to split up. In, we're going to split characters up into various teams. Everyone's right. got to do their thing at the right time, or else, right? Yeah. You know, it's one of those episodes too. So, but yeah, like this is the one that I chose just because I, I, you know, I was I was good with the format to begin with. But I, like I said, this one does a really good job of sort of teasing you into the idea of like, oh, this is not the, well, it's not a flashback. This is a flash forward, mm-hmm. mm. while at the same time giving you the main story as a flashback. So. That's cool. Yeah, it's a yeah. fun trick. I liked it. Yeah. Cool. All right, Clifton, what's yours? What's your first one? Uh, my first one is actually going to be from Kill Bill Volume 1. Ah. And it is the origin story of Oren Ishii. I just watched that recently. <laughs> Played by Lucy Liu. Okay. It's all over HBO, or it was. Is it on HBO Max currently? I don't know if it's on HBO Max, but like regular HBO had okay. it. Okay. Both volumes one and two was all okay. over the place. Yeah, because I mean, what it is in that one is what's special about that flashback specifically in a movie that's full of flashbacks and time jumping because it's a Tarantino joint <laughs> is that uh, that they changed the style completely for mm-hmm. that flashback. Right. And that's the flashback where it goes from being a live action movie to an anime. And they tell her whole story is is an anime 
which was produced by the animation or the studio in Japan, Production IG, which has done a lot of great animation over the years. But yeah, I just think it was it was a great use of it to change it to play up with a style in a movie that's already done a bunch of different styles and is playing on a different a bunch of different inspirations because Tarantino's always drawing, you know, inspirations from a whole lot of other stuff and then just putting them in his stuff. And I thought it was a really cool, like bold use of it for mm-hmm. for people to be like, OK, now we're watching a, an animated movie and mm-hmm. and everyone went along with it, especially that. Like it's ultra violent, like yeah, the right. whole, but the whole movie's violent. So it's right. like, here's a different kind of violence <laughs> and one that still fits. And, and uh, like, I, I really like that aspect of it. I'm going to throw out another thing. Cause I do think he was a little bit inspired specifically mm-hmm. there by the Japanese film, Lady Snowblood. Um, okay. Which like the Kill Bill in general is influenced by Lady Snowblood. Lady Snowblood is a revenge movie from Japan in 1973, but it's set in more feudal Japan. Mm-hmm. But it's about a woman that's seeking revenge on the the three people who killed her parents. Uh, and the whole movie is her quest for revenge. So it's it's definitely like a vengeance movie like Kill Bill. Mm-hmm. Lady Snowblood was based on a manga series that predated it uh, before it was turned into a live action film in Japan. And in Lady Snowblood, the movie, they cover some story points and some flashbacks and some present montage stuff where they just skip over events by showing you art from the manga. Okay. And I, and I think that in his, his drawing from Lady Snowblood that, that he kind of took that and was like, oh, I'll do like an anime sequence because they, they just gave us like manga art illustrations in that movie to mm. show us stuff that happened. So I do think it was it was a drawback from that too. And Lady Snowblood is fantastic and is currently on uh, HBO Max, I know. Huh. Okay. So I um I did not see Kill Bill in the theaters. I have seen it. I know I know the scene you're talking about. I remember it. It's very cool. I'm just trying to think like was that in the trailers anywhere? Did people know that there was going to be that like that shift to a cartoon <laughs> essentially like in the movie? I remember before seeing it um, in the theater that it was mentioned in like interviews or in promo stuff for it that at some point it would shift. But I don't think they said specifically that was what it was going to be. I know I saw it in the theater, like opening Mm -hmm. weekend, I think, with some friends. And I did not know ahead of time that there was anything animated in it. So it it was a surprise to me at the time. Yeah, I feel like. I mean, maybe my memory's spotty about it, but I feel like that that wasn't really a known thing about it. Right. Mm. I mean, Frank, maybe it's like you're saying like the interview stuff that they would show like before trailers in the theater, like no, no, like I mean when, like when they're do, when they're doing the jumble on the screen when they uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, <or> like, <laughs> like an Entertainment Weekly like right up, right. Okay. That's what I mean. Not like not like this is this particular storytelling device is employed in Kill Bill <laughs> Volume One, <laughs> and then they would spell out anime. No, no, they nothing like that. It was it was something along the lines of like it like like Clifton was saying it was it was in an Entertainment Weekly or a Rolling Stone or something that it was going to be you know when along with the idea of what it was about. Just the idea that some of the storytelling stuff was going to be animated, I believe. I don't think they went as far to even say it was anime, to be honest. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one, too. I'm very shocked by all three of your picks so far. Yeah. <laughs> I would never have guessed no. that Kill Bill Lost in Memento would have come up <laughs> on here. Yes. But you guys can guess my first pick, probably. If you guys had seven guesses, you could probably get it. <laughs> um <laughs> Is there a save by the bell with flashbacks? <laughs> there were lots. Oh, okay. No, okay. <laughs> that's not it. Okay, very good. Uh, I'm going to go with a Seinfeld episode. All right. Okay. But I'm going for a very, very small piece of a Seinfeld episode. So I'm going mm. with the backwards episode, which is interesting. The backwards uh, episode. That we, that we both had like, that, that there's two like reverse chronology stories on here. Um. But it's not my favorite episode. I don't I don't like, you know, I thought it was a fun, interesting thing that they were doing for sweeps week, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, that right. that. Um, but what I like about that episode is at the end, they go so, so, so far backwards that you see the moment when Jerry meets Kramer. OK, right. And 
and it's Jerry like moving into his apartment. Right. And he's like bringing in a couple of boxes and they've cleared out the whole thing. Right. And then Kramer walks in like in his back robe, his his bathrobe. And he's like, oh, hey, he goes, oh, hey, you're you know, I saw your name on the mailbox. You're you're Kessler. And he's like, no, Kramer. Right. And it's Mm. in joke because Kessler was originally Kramer's name in the like pilot draft. Uh. And and Kramer's like hesitant to kind of come into the into the apartment. And Jerry's like, no, no, come on in. And he goes, okay, Uh, And and then he's like, uh, you know, I'm going to order pizza. I'm thinking, you know, do you do you? You know, do you do you want to get in on that? Do you want something? He's like, and Kramer's like, no, 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 I don't, I don't want to impose. And Jerry's like, no, come on, we're neighbors. What's mine is yours. <laughs> right. And then Kramer like walks in and then immediately starts looking around the apartment. He's like, really? And I just love that. That's the origin. That's like the invitation to Kramer becoming the freeloader that he's been the entire series. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> Jerry doesn't know what he unleashed. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just, it's just it's it's a it's a fun thing that that I thought, which which to illustrate how much of a freeloader he becomes. There's a there's a moment. You, Frank, do you remember the episode when when Jerry's in need of blood and and Kramer donates blood to him and Jerry and Jerry like the neat freak is like, oh god, he's like I I, I could feel his blood inside of mine, borrowing <laughs> right. stuff from my blood. <laughs> yes, yes, it's a great line. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. So that's fine. I mean, it's like literally like a minute scene in here, but I just oh, think yeah. like it's a fun playoff of the characters and it is, you know, a nice reveal <laughs> right. in the way of something that we all know is happening. <laughs> right. So that's mine. You guys would have guessed Seinfeld eventually. <laughs> oh, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. That was Tommy's next guess. After Saved by the Bell. <laughs> yeah. 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 It was, it was Saved by the Bell, Boy Meets World. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Ninja yeah. Turtles, then Seinfeld. Right. Yeah. All right, Tom, you got uh, what's your second pick? Oh, easy. Fight Club. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh. <laughs> I love Fight Club. Okay. It's the movie that keeps giving and giving, man. You're not supposed to talk about that. Oh, right. yeah. you're breaking <laughs> the rule. Yeah. You're breaking the number one and two rule. And two rules of Fight Club, of <laughs> yes. course. Love Fight Club. I've, I think I've used Fight Club to answer at least six questions over there. Yeah, it has, it has, has come up before. Yeah, and almost exclusively by me. Hence, yeah. hence, hence, But it was on my list this time, but I, I spared you by not using it first. Ah, see, <laughs> but I, I knew it was going to overlap. It's, it's that much of a great movie. Okay, that that's what I was going to say. All right, really, not not much need to clarify. But I was just going to say you're talking about the movie, right? Not the book. Uh, no, I, I don't know what happened in the book. I never read the book. Okay, okay. <laughs> there's a book. Yeah. Oh no, my gosh, I, I need to get <laughs> on that. There is a book. I've read the book. It's mostly similar, but do they do have different endings? But I don't want to spoil it for those masses or those that those two people that didn't get the time to watch Fight Club. <laughs> but there's a title character that is revealed, or his origin is due to a recollection of the main character flashing back to a scene where he thought he saw a particular character, and he's not mm-hmm. really there. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it and it and it's embedded in and it, and what's funny is. It's a flashback of a scene we already saw. Right. It, does, it doesn't yeah. exist past of what we've seen of the character for the most part. Which happens a lot in that is that, you know, we watch a whole movie all the way through and then they start showing us flashbacks that are like, nope, wait, like this isn't what we showed you before. Like it didn't happen right. how we showed you. This is how it actually happened. Yeah. yeah. This, this is really the movie you've been <laughs> right. watching. Yeah, yeah. But what's crazy, what I liked about it is the people, the supporting cast, see it that way, which is funny mm. to me. Like, if you go back and watch it like five, six, seven times like I have, mm. <laughs> you'll see that the supporting cast are in on it, except but not the main character. Right. Like the other people's reactions are always the same in both versions. Mm-hmm. And it supports the idea of what really happened. Right. Yeah. But that's a, to me, that was a clever way of using the flashback in a way that who knew? Who knew you weren't watching what you were watching? You know? Yeah. Right. And it is unexpected, too. I remember, like, like if you don't if you don't know the gist of the movie going in, right? Like, yeah, like, like if if. If nobody sold you the movie, like, oh, the twist is awesome, like, you got to see this movie, right? <laughs> like, yeah. like, you know, it is it is um, it's unexpected. Oh, it's greatly unexpected yeah. to the point that it's on a level of disbelief that makes people hate the movie. <laughs> 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 Plays with your intelligence in the 
for the most part, as far as how could that happen? Mm-hmm. And why would people allow that to happen, knowing that it happened? Right. Yeah. It's my dearly beloved Fight Club movie. <laughs> I present it for y'all. I remember the first trailers for Fight Club ran with Phantom Menace because they were both Fox <laughs> movies. Did it really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. I remember the Phantom Menace trailers were like Fight Club, Titan AE, and Frighteners, maybe. Oh wow. Mm. <laughs> Something like it might have been Frighteners. Frighteners might have been a different year. It was definitely it was definitely Fight Club and Titan AE. I remember being at the Phantom Menace trailers. Those are good trailers. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> Frighteners. <laughs> Frighteners is a good movie. No, 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 I know. It's just, it's, just, it's just like, well, forgot it existed till just now. Like, <laughs> yes, Michael J. Fox, right? Yeah. 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 Peter Jackson. Uh, it was 96. Yeah. Or Frighteners yeah. wasn't that year. Frighteners, I think I saw with like Independence Day trailers. Okay. okay. But yeah, Frighteners was Peter Jackson and Michael J. Fox. Yeah. But it wasn't that year. So it was definitely Fight Club and Titan <laughs> AE were the, right. were the okay. Phantom Menace trailers. I remember the VHS had that. You remember when like you, you would. You would like hold it at an angle and 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 like the picture would like move. The frighteners. Yeah. yeah. Frighteners. I remember like, it had a, like, like a like, lenticular hologram. Yeah, yes. it had like the skull thing. I remember the VHS right. copy on. Yeah. yeah. See, we're flashing back right now. Yeah, yeah we are. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and getting sidetracked. We sure are. <laughs> anyway. Wow, Fight Club. Everybody's yeah. throwing me for a loop on this one. And it was All on right. my list too. Was it it was on your list too? No kidding. Yeah. Oh, wow. Great. It's a great movie. Okay. So Frank's going to say like a Dog the Bounty Hunter episode or something oh, yeah. like that. Oh, yeah. Can't like- wait. That one's good. <laughs> Flashes back when he was Pup, the Bounty Hunter. Right. It's awesome. <laughs> Love those episodes. I right. do. Yeah. That's the, the animated series. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right, Frank, what's yours? So for me, again, this is one you could probably guess. Um, this is an episode of Taxi. Okay. All right. Sure. It's the season four finale, parts one and two, called The Road Not Taken. And we get to basically see where a lot of the cabbies would have ended up had they not chosen the life that they chose to drive, you know, a cab for a living. Mm-hmm. But my favorite sequence in the entire thing is the section with uh, Reverend Jim, played by Christopher Lloyd. Mm-hmm. Uh, in it, Christopher Lloyd, you find out that, that Jim Ignatowski at one point was uh, a student at Harvard. And he was basically working on his senior thesis on Plutarch's lives. <laughs> right. <laughs> and he's very much like, you know, a Harvard man with his, his letter sweater, you know, his letterman sweater or whatever. And his roommate and his girlfriend are experimenting with drugs. <laughs> so, of course, he's kind of, he's very stodgy and very against anti-drug and saying, no, no, this is not something that I want to get along, you know, get into it. <laughs> and his girlfriend shouldn't be doing this either. Um one of one of the guys in his pothead friend group is is played by a, a bosom buddies era Tom Hanks, <laughs> which is great. Okay. Um. So basically, what happens is is that Jim, um, at the prodding of of his friends and his girlfriend, you know, he's saying, well, that's right. He important. He says so. The something along the lines of like, uh, there have been studies that show that only one, you know, one hit of marijuana is habit forming and leads to harder drugs. And maybe I'm that kind of person. And they're like, just try the pot brownie, Jim. And he does, and immediately he's Jim. Right. <laughs> and he doesn't, you know, obviously he doesn't finish school and then becomes, you know, goes on this whole, you know, binge conquest of, right. of taking all these various drugs over the years and then becomes a lovable character that we know in, in right. Taxi. Um, the other one that's not in, not in this episode, but it's another episode, is the one where the, the cab company lays off the cabbies, and I'm not sure what that episode is. Mm-hmm. But it's again, it's a Reverend Jim moment, and it's one of my favorite Jim moments where he becomes a door-to-door salesman of vacuum cleaners. So Jim goes door-to-door, and it's what like, in the old days, they had this ad, you know, it was one of those, like, those ads, like, like the, the, you know, where do the, it's like, kind of like along the lines of where did the soda go, if you've ever seen that, that meme. Of, 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 you know, someone, if they cut right before something bad happens. So this one was kind of like where they would take, um, what would happen if you spilled coffee grounds or egg or whatever on your carpet? Wouldn't you want to have this vacuum cleaner to clean it up, right? Mm-hmm. So the whole bit is, is Jim comes in this guy's house to sell him this vacuum cleaner and he starts spilling all this stuff over this guy's carpet. And the guy's like, oh my God, what are you doing? I can't believe you're doing this. And Jim's like, no, no, wait, wait, I've got, I can <laughs> fix it with this vacuum cleaner. And he goes and opens up the, 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 his bag with the, the vacuum cleaner and he pulls out an encyclopedia 
<laughs> and because he's such a burnout, he doesn't realize, oh, I'm an, I, I, I've been selling encyclopedias, not vacuum cleaners. <laughs> <laughs> and he's ruined this guy's carpet. And that's like the, the, one, the, one of my favorite flashbacks ever. But the other one is the one about him when his origin story, basically where he's at Harvard. Right. As like a young conservative. Right. And then this, and the thing about the one when he's in, when he's the young conservative at Harvard, it's almost the, the same thing. They stole the exact bit from, I think it's more homage than it is stolen, right. but it's the same thing they do with Barney Gumble on the Simpsons. That's right? what I was going to say. Okay. I was going to bring yeah. that up. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's pretty much the exact same bit. Okay. Yeah. Where, where Barney Gumble is, is much more the, you know, has one sip of beer <laughs> and then he becomes <laughs> oh, the Barney. I that one. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's same thing, same yeah. exact thing, where he becomes the character we've always known and loved. So, yep. come on, Homer, we got to really study for these SATs or whatever. <laughs> right, like, right, yeah, yeah. Not on my list, but man, that's a great episode. That, like, yeah, all like so many Simpson flashbacks are so great too. Yeah, yep. but that's a great one too. But yes, the the Reverend Jim bit is where I saw it first, so I was like, oh yeah, that's that's a good one. Does eight oh four classify? Would that count in here? Memories of Cab eight oh four. That might be it. Yeah, that's a good no, one too. Yeah, that's a good one too. Yeah, yeah. but I, that's um, yeah, I, I'd have to look up the one with the with the flash. Well, the, well, basically, it's flashbacks to what they basically come out together after being laid off for a while, and then it's mm-hmm. telling what they were doing, kind of like almost like what what I, what I did for my summer <laughs> kind of stories. <laughs> okay, cool yeah. taxi. All right. Yes. Okay. Now, now, now this is feeling no. right. Th- now no. this fe- this feels this feels like our show. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Clifton, what's yours? Uh, I got to go back to an all-time classic. Mm. Citizen Kane. Oh. Wow. Again, like examining a movie that just uses the conceit. Uh, but one of the things it was ahead of the time in was doing the entire movie basically as a flashback. Mm. It's no Paddington. <laughs> <laughs> well, Paddington is great, though. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, I mean it starts in the present day with mm-hmm. you know the man at the end of his life and then presents a little mystery about like what do his final words mean? His final words right. being Rosebud famously. Mm-hmm. And then it sets off into, you know, a flashback examination of this entire life to find out like what's the meaning of these last words. And like so many other things, it was definitely groundbreaking at the time in kind Mm -hmm. of that narrative structure to do that. Mm -hmm. It was groundbreaking in so much other stuff about it too. Like it's, it's actual technical achievements and choices, but I think that's one where, you know, lots of stuff kind of came along after that, chasing that too. And it was definitely one of the, one of the first to make such good use of it Yeah, Mm -hmm. as a whole movie is a flashback. It's a great one. Yeah. Sure is. Orson Welles was only like 25. Mm-hmm. I think when he starred and directed <laughs> <Yes>. in that, <laughs> directed and starred in that. It's crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. crazy. It makes you feel like you're doing nothing with your life when you, when you hear <laughs> a 25 year old directed, arguably the greatest movie of all time. And right, starred in it. And, and starred in it. With, yep. with Mank. <laughs> Well, I mean, but he also did. He'd also done the War of the Worlds with the, with the radio bit with RKO, right? Yeah, that was several yeah. years even before that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, he was an overachiever, but yeah, no, I love Susan <laughs> yeah. Kane. I know people like ah, you know, I've seen that lately with people like ah, Susan Kane's not that great. I'm like, no, it's it's that great. It's yeah. a great yeah. movie. You know, well, with a lot of those movies, I think I think the problem is is that it feels like old hat because you've seen what it's inspired. Right. Sure. So many, oh, many times, I think. Right. And I think it's good to to kind of put yourself in that mindset when you're watching mm-hmm. movies like that to kind of be like, oh, like this is the first time they've done this. Yeah. Right. Right. You know what I mean? No, I saw that when it was it. It was a um, when they re-released it. This was a while ago. I went mm-hmm. with my sister to see it. And when she had the same reaction, where it was like, you know, it was it was stuff that she had seen before. But to realize that it, you know, had never been before that. Right. You know, kind of. Back, taking it back to its source was kind of a, you know that's she could appreciate it for that but I, I know a lot of people that you know can't do that right, for yeah. whatever reason but yeah that's a great one that's a great yeah, uh it's a very good one i'm happy you you said that one because you set me up nicely okay oh. this is my cheat answer because <laughs> because i'm picking a genre for okay. my second one i'm saying noir okay right i mean i i you know i'm a big film noir fan you know old movie fan from the 40s and the 50s and stuff like that and it's a common 
pretty common trope that you see the use of flashbacks in these movies. And, and again, what I like about it is, I mean, it's not the first time that these are done, but it's still pretty early where you have like in double indemnity, which is like one of my favorite movies of all time. Right. But the, like the entire movie is essentially told in flashback. Mm-hmm. But what I like about it is if you haven't seen it, I'm not spoiling anything for this, but like, but, but you know, the movie opens up with our main character, like walking into his office and sitting down in a chair and he's shot and he's bleeding and he's recounting Mm -hmm. essentially the next movie that you're going to see. And what I like about it, right. It's like, it's, it's a window to do sort of the voiceover format that the movie will do. Mm. But I like also that even though he's recounting things, you kind of forget that like where he's going and you're still surprised like when stuff happens, like at the end and as, as the story unfolds, I just think it's like really, really well done um, as far as that goes. And I think also like the killers is, is from 46 is, is another sort of like, we're like an investigative investigative. Uh, God, I can't talk an investigative <laughs> journalism <laughs> movie, right? Where the guy is tracking is doing the case and trying to get the story. And this one is told not all in flashback, but he's getting, a series of flashbacks as he's talking to witnesses and talking to other like suspects and stuff like that, which I think is, is again, not the first time, but an early instance. And, and one of the ways that I, you can, you know, that it's early is that all the flashbacks come to you chronologically. Mm. You know what I mean? Like they're not mixed right. up. I, like it feels right. a little bit like, like some executive back then would be like, you can't like jumble it up too much. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it's gotta be all in order so yeah. people can still follow it. Right. And so right. that, that's kind of the, the interesting one. And then, and then I think, you know, if you're a noir fan, the, the most famous, I think is 1950 sunset Boulevard, where there's a point where noir kind of becomes, um, self-aware, <laughs> mm-hmm. I think, you know, and, 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 you know, the earlier movies are sort of like building the tropes in the, in, in this genre. But then over time, people start like kind of steering into that sort of stuff. And then so Sunset Boulevard comes along and says, well, we've seen so many of these movies done with the voiceover and told in flashback and stuff. And I'm just going to take it to the most extreme possible spot, which is the movies told by a dead man. And mm. like the opening is the guy is your hero face down in the swimming pool dead okay mm-hmm. and he's the and he's the voiceover of the movie <laughs> and, I just, and it's just kind of an interesting to see like like where in such a short time it goes from the killers like i said like kind of like we're, we're kind of playing it a little safe we're not gonna we're, we don't want to confuse people so much to to just four years later yeah sure here's a movie about a dead guy and like <laughs> right. yeah we'll, we'll we'll see what you think of that Right, <laughs> right. You know, I'm like that'll throw you for a loop. Yeah, right. How is he talking? You set me up perfectly. Yeah, you set me up perfectly for this. We did not plan this out. Really, yeah. <laughs> you do an old one, and yeah. And Citizen Kane did use a lot of noir techniques itself for not being a noir movie. Yeah, it did use a lot of the the technical language or mm-hmm. the the stylistic language of no of noir films itself as well. Yeah, which really at that which at that time it also had not really like been a thing for very long. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think, I, I think even in, I think in some cases, I think Orson Welles informs mm-hmm. noir. I mean, he's not, he's not the only right. source he, of it, but he definitely does dabble in the genre himself. Yeah. Like, um, or a touch of evil, touch of evil. Yeah. Yeah. Lady from Shanghai also yeah. was, was another one is, mm-hmm. but he also does a lot of stuff. That's like theater stuff too. Right. For atmosphere. Like, doesn't he like, isn't that one thing about that movie where the, the, it's one of the few, like, um, even though it's shot like on a sound stage, it still is, is like has ceilings and stuff that's done theater style. Right. And then, mm-hmm. then there's angles he goes for that, like, he wanted low angles, which is kind of like an audience would in the mm-hmm. theater would, would be looking up at actors. Right. Uh, so you got certain effect from that that he wanted to replicate. So there, there are times like he couldn't get a camera low enough. So they would literally dig a hole in the floor. <laughs> so they could get the yeah. camera lower to get like that, that low angle he wanted. Right. Yeah. That's the story. Supposedly he's like, yeah. start digging. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, right. So yeah. now you got a cameraman standing in like a four foot hole in the ground. Was, 
it's it's kind of cool that we're, we're like kind of jumbling these together a little bit because w- was Citizen Kane a high budget movie for its time? I mean, I'm not I'm not sure how it compares to like the other movies of of 1941. Okay, mm-hmm. of that era, because that's something that I that I want to point out too is that a lot of noir tropes and visual style comes from the fact that they're low budget and they were trying to hide that they were low budget. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it was sort of like, you know, the, the, the story is, is that like the studios, a pictures, like the, like, you know, the big gone with the wind epics that they, you know, filmed during the day. Right. 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 And then your B movies, your lesser, your less budgeted movies filmed that night. Right. Right. And didn't really have the best sets on the lot to use and sort of to hide the fact that, these sets weren't so great. They did these like weird, interesting angles with shadows and stuff like that. Just to sort of like, like make the production value look better than it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what I was curious about. Cause I didn't know if, if, if um, Orson Welles was sort of dabbling with the same thing or not. Right. I also like the fact that Susan Kane is basically designed to throw shade. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it's basically to, to, to take a swipe at someone that he didn't like. Yeah. So, you know, there's that aspect of of Susan Kane I've also liked too. It was first, yeah. right? Yeah, it's William yep. Randolph first, <laughs> right? Yeah, and then there's also the 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 whether it's apocrypha or not, whether it's a, a you know a made up story or or not, the idea of what Rosebud really meant. Yeah, mm. yeah. Look it up. Google it. <laughs> Enjoy yourself. Don't do it at work. Or you could do like me and have it spoiled in an episode of Tiny Toons. Before oh, you've you seen the movie, it wasn't right. it wasn't real Ghostbusters because there's a real Ghostbusters <laughs> episode about it where they that like, one, where yeah. they, it's the ghost yeah. of Citizen Kane, <laughs> and they just tell you the whole thing in that in that real Ghostbusters episode. Zach, oh. like, we didn't see that together, did we? I would love I would love to be in the writers' room. Sorry of that. We're like, let's just do Citizen Kane <laughs> as an episode. Let's just do it. It's it's great. Yeah, it's a great Straczynski, movie. J. Michael Straczynski, showrunner of Real Ghostbusters, <laughs> calling you out. Did we see that together, Frank? I don't know if we did or not. I don't remember. Yeah. I'm going to know. You know, I don't know that I've ever seen Citizen Kane in the theater. Okay. Before. Because I remember when they were run, they ran that and then they were running. I think it might have been they ran a bunch of 39, 1939 movies. Because that was the first time I ever saw Wizard of Oz in the theater was the same time I saw Citizen Kane for the last time in the theater. Right. Okay. Yeah. So. I will eat that stuff up, though, every time that stuff Stay gets stuff. released. Oh, man. Yeah. All the other, all the movies I brought up, Killers, Double Indemnity, like I've seen all of those in the theater, yeah. <laughs> like at film fest and stuff. So yeah. Anyway, all right, no need to do a spotlight on Citizen Kane. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we all did two, right? That was two mm-hmm. for each of us, right? Okay, mm-hmm. awesome. So we each have one more. We've saved our top choices for last, but first, if you like the show, you can check out all of our episodes on YouTube and let me know how it is. dot com. Just please, however you find us, don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave us a review. Finally, if you have any ideas for a topic on the show, send it our way on Twitter or in the comments. Our Twitter handle is our show's initials, L-M-K-H-I-I. All right. So let's go around. Tommy, what is your top choice for flashback? Oh, um, that's a toss-up for me. I did. I have two choices for that. Um, hmm. Trying to see if I should. It's a Pixar movie. Okay. Anybody has a Pixar movie for the last one? No. 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 Oh, then I say both then. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, Ratatouille. Right. Oh, I didn't know you were going with this one. Okay. <laughs> it's not the one that jumped to my mind either when you yeah. said Pixar. Oh, no, but it instantly did because uh, to me, it culminates on one at that moment. See, I like to explain it in, de- in depth, but again, there's some people who haven't seen it. So... Mm. Well, what I you, like about the do your spoiler alert right now. Eh. Spoiler alert on Ratatouille. Spoiler alert for Ratatouille. Now you're safe. You're covered. You can go into it. <laughs> this when the chef eats Ratatouille's meal. Okay. And it instantly reminds him of home or a lesser time before he was a uh, uh, a critic. Mm. Mm. And then him recounting and then folding back on the whole story of anybody can be a chef. So then he uh, opens up his mind to the possibility of him of uh Remy Remy yeah, yeah. being a great <laughs> chef 
But yeah. I just like it because that, that, that feeling of home that you get when you eat a specific meal that reminds you of home. Mm-hmm. So it's very poignant in its um in its depiction of it. That's a good the, one. Uh, the other one. Yeah, there is again, a good one. And, and, and the meal was the, the titular ratatouille. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's a nice bit, too, because also it's the jerk has a heart. <laughs> right. And you see it, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. it humanizes him, basically. It does. But that's what brings him down. But that's what brings it. That's what the moment is, just to remember that you are once a little kid. Whatever. Yeah. But long story, the other one is. No, no, no. You don't have to long story short it. We got time. <laughs> no, no. What I was going to say is Coco. Uh, okay. okay. I yeah. still haven't actually seen Coco, but go ahead. Ah, see? No, it's Don't fine. spoil this one. Coco is no. wonderful. No, Coco used to see that. I won't spoil it at all because it, it generally, it's it's a heartfelt moment. Okay. Yes. With the reveal. Yes. And, um, and it does it in such a way that even if you suspect the ending, Mm-hmm. It doesn't shy away from you you bawling yes. because of how how strong <laughs> the connection is for that flashback. Oh, I cried. Even me, yeah, even me telling you there's gonna be a flashback still will not prepare you for the emotional <laughs> response that right. flashback will give you at the time it occurs. Yeah, Coco Brilliant got me music. for sure. Oh okay. yeah, I, I don't think there's anybody that that it doesn't feel anything as yeah. a response to that flashback. Oh man. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure Even it's on now. Disney Plus, so I should oh, I should go watch yeah. it. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Clinton, yeah. it's a great one. I, yeah. I was not, I was, I was watching it with my wife and my newborn daughter. I was like, hey, sure, we can watch this, and not <laughs> expecting that it was going to floor me the way it did. Yeah, right. It's, it's a, it's a punch. It's yeah, a that hard was punch. that was the one Frank that you had brought up to me when 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 you know we were talking about how like when we became dads, like like we yeah. suddenly we were. Like it, it was easier to trigger us to cry. Yes. <laughs> and, and I remember you telling me, you know, and I was, I was saying that and you were like, Oh no, no, no. Like I saw Coco. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it was, like I said, we, it, I just thought we hadn't, we hadn't seen it. My wife and I hadn't seen it because we were busy with, with newborn stuff. And it was one of those things where I remember we sat watching it on, we, we had time to watch it on a laptop. That's how busy we were with newborn stuff. And it was one of those things where, my, like, I, my, I looked, I had to look away because it was so. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it's it's yeah. it's 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 emotional. Yeah. Okay, but if yeah. you if you're gonna refer as far as the dad stuff concerned, mm-hmm. to me, the the best dad show, the dad flashback that I felt mm-hmm. was Finding Nemo. Yeah, that's a good one okay. too. And it's the scene that's a good one too, where um Nemo is told what his father does to get to him because mm-hmm. his impression of his father is nothing close to what he's doing. Right. And as a result of what he's being told, it inspires him to be better. Mm. That scene messes me up because yeah. <laughs> it's the notion that your kids have no idea of who you are, only what you present them, what you tell them, right. like it or love it. Right. But when it comes to, you know, nails to the wall, you got to do something for your kid. Mm-hmm. It drives it home. And there's no, te- and then when they know that you're bigger than, I mean, well, that feeling of devotion that it shows of who you are to them, it changes everything. Right. That's what really hit me as far as a father's concerned. But yeah. no, my two choices still Coco Ratatouille. <laughs> right. That's a good one. Even your secret third choice. Yeah. Still not the <laughs> right. Pixar movie I thought you were going to say. Right. See, like we can keep this Pixar subsection going for a little bit, and, <laughs> oh, and I, I think we should honestly because like Pixar makes great use of flashbacks. Yeah. So this isn't my pick, but I'm going to throw in a few Pixar's while we're here, <laughs> okay. while we're just go ahead. hanging out here. Yeah. And and the first one I'm going to go to is Up. That's yeah. what I thought you were going to do. Uh, yeah. Which opens with a phenomenal <laughs> yeah. flashback sequence. Yeah. And and it's to the point where. Like I'm not throwing shade at the rest of the movie up, but mm-hmm. I think that like that opening is so good and it engenders yeah. so much goodwill towards the movie that that people think the rest of the movie's better than it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah. But, it does. But, but I mean the rest of it's not bad. But that no. that first opening sequence, which is the flashback of uh, what's the old man's name? Oh, it's been so long since I've seen oh, it. Man. But I still remember the scene. Well, it's Ed Asner, right? right? We'll That's say Ed Asner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the old man. I mean, it's the yeah, flashback yeah. to to his life up to the point of he's an old man, but quickly shown and and so emotionally shown, and what gets him to the point of 
of wanting to attach Carl. balloons to his house to fly away. Carl, yes, yeah. that's right. Carl. Carl, yeah. So we find out, like, right in that opening scene, like, what brings this man to the mm-hmm. point of of blowing up thousands or millions of balloons, however many it is, and attaching right, them to right. his roof, and why he would do it, and you're completely on board because of what you've seen in that, you know, five-minute sequence. You're yeah. like, yep, like, let's do this. Like, I'm mm-hmm. there with you, man. With not a word spoken. Yeah, too. with no yeah. dialogue at all. Yeah. Completely, completely wordless, mon- dialogueless montage Yeah, of, of his life and his love and, and what yeah. happens. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one I thought you were going to say, Tommy. That's a great one. Yeah. Oh, no, no. That, to me, the weird thing about that one, that one, it, it's as emotional as that is. Mm-hmm. I remember a comedian once making a uh, joke saying that that's the best case scenario for a relationship. <laughs> is, right. is grown right. old enough to watch them die and that's the best case scenario right. yeah yeah but even that one i mean up up gives you the dad feels too at the end yeah oh, no, it too. like does. there's yeah i mean man pixar just yeah just crushes yeah. it like like with the emotions yeah. the emotional stuff and then mm-hmm. and then most recently soul on disney yeah. plus yeah. now yeah, which well. is full yeah. of full of flashback storytelling mm-hmm. and is also great I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, I'm going to say even cars because because my son loves it and I'm, I I watch it every day mm-hmm. <laughs> right now. Right. Oh, but, yeah. I mean, there's that there's that bit where you see like, you know, Radiator Springs in its heyday and it's got like the the, you know, who is it like uh, Garfunkel playing or something like that. I forget what the song is. I should know this. I just watch it every day. But it is like it, it is. It's effective, you know, yeah. and, and listen, hey, it's not just because my son loves it i mean it's like I, i'll defend cars i think cars is a better movie than than people remember and i think that they're they're just so colored i think by the fact that there was a hundred of them and, <laughs> and you Why know 80 it? spinoffs that came within four years of it i never the thing was i didn't again getting back to having kids i never knew i'd never seen it till mm-hmm. recently i watched it within the last year and my my initial reaction was well oh so Cars is Doc Hollywood with Cars, <laughs> <Yes>. right? <laughs> and right. I love Doc Hollywood. I, that's what it's like, you know, as you know, as being a fan of Michael J. Fox and then some of the movies he's done that aren't Back to the Future. Right. <laughs> I love Doc Hollywood. I was like, oh, Would that's you what Doc this Hollywood is. like eighty nine something yeah. like that, right around there, yeah, late eighties, yeah. yeah. But it's 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 the exact same. You know, he's a hot shot. Goes to a small town, falls like out of the small yeah, town. He gets lost, between, gets stuck between point A and B right. on his journey and right. finds out like, oh, this middle of nowhere place I, has some heart. Yes. I just watched that for the first time, honestly, like really? eight months ago on TV. Okay. Yeah. Doc Hollywood? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was it's watching Doc good. Hollywood on like, it was on Pop or something like that, like in the morning. Kid, and my wife cast? comes over, she, like she comes in like from her parents' house where she's like, what are you watching? What is this? <laughs> Well, yeah, I love Dave Nogna Sears as the mayor, and it's got Woody Harrelson and Bridget Fonda. And it's, it's got uh, uh, what's her name, Julie Warner, and then uh, Ber- like Ber- it might have been like one of Bernard Hughes's last roles. Might have been was that where he's playing the old commercially doctor. Right. Yeah, I love Doc Hollywood. Like, so I but I had no idea that Cars. That's what Cars was. Like right. I just knew Cars. I thought Cars was more about you know racing. Right. <laughs> like I didn't. I mean, I knew for sure it had some more to it than that. But yeah, I, I had no idea that's what it was. It was 91. Doc Hollywood okay. was 91. Gotcha. Pixar, man. Yeah. And Doc Hollywood. Yes. <laughs> Good stuff. Man, we're just like blowing through like like genres of movies and like companies. And this. <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> this Flash, flashbacks is, is, is far reaching. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, Frank, what's yours then? Uh, my number one one, um, surprisingly, I, I, I thought about it a lot and I was trying to think of what one of my um, favorite ones from comics was. I'm shocked it's not Taxi really quick. <laughs> <laughs> no, that would be flashing back to earlier in the episode where yeah. I spoke about Taxi. <laughs> no, one, my, one of my favorites and it's from the Silver Age and I, and I never really thought about it until we when I started thinking about flashback stuff is Fantastic Four number one. Okay, mm. yeah. And the idea that it's in most of the origin stuff from that time, you know, from, from that Silver Age time from like when Marvel's getting started, a lot of it is very much straightforward, straight ahead. This is our character. The character's going through their day and then something extraordinary happens to them. Right? You know, you know, mm-hmm. um, Don Blake finds a cane and becomes Thor. Right. Peter Parker gets bit by a radioactive spider on, on a field trip. You There's know. banners on a bomb site. 
Right, right. All that stuff. But not the Fantastic Four. Like from from page one, they're the they're the Fantastic Four. Like right. maybe they're not in costume, right? We have the bit right. with you know, with Johnny's fixing the car and then you know has to fly out. Sue is shopping, <laughs> yeah, Sue's, I think. Yep, has to catch has to catch a, a cab, you know, as she's invisible. <laughs> Ben's trying to get find clothes, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Goes to a tailor. Right. And ends up tearing his stuff, you know, and then is trying to once because because it all starts with Reed firing off the 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 signal, right? He's letting them know that hey guys, you got to come back to the Baxter Building or yeah. whatever. We got to get we got to get to it. So they're all you know they're all in their bits doing their thing, and then you know they all come back together, and then Reed starts to to flash back to what started it all, and that was kind of like it's not if for being that right out of the gate, they don't really follow that formula. I don't think all that much after right. that. You know, it's kind of like, like I said, it's it's basically you know normal person then then into whatever their origin was, and this I thought was an interesting thing for to be you know the start of it all, you know at that time for Marvel was yeah. for them to be like, no, we're going to immerse you immediately, right, right, and then show you what they were like when they first started out. Yeah, I read this issue for the first time not all that long ago, within the past four or five years. I actually read it again more recently, just out of curiosity. And yeah, like when I read it, that was something that jumped out at me immediately mm-hmm. upon right. reading it and thinking that, yeah, like they're already like they're already past their, their origin. We haven't seen it yet. Right. Mm-hmm. But in their world, like we just jump in and we're like, what are these people? Like there's something a little off about them. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Like, why are we following these people? And we don't know what Reed's deal is yet. We just know no. he's like looking out a window and he's like, oh, like there's trouble. Mm-hmm. Like I'm shooting up the four signal. Right. And so then it's it's the three, the other three of them out where they are in the city, like Frank was saying, and seeing the signal and being like, gotta go. Like like <laughs> right, they right. gotta drop what they're doing. Because yeah. they're like, oh, Reed says there's trouble. And then and then you kind of start to piece together, like, oh, Sue's invisible. Oh, Johnny's fire. Oh, like <laughs> Ben Grimm's like a monster. Mm-hmm. And and they don't show you any of that at first. They're all they they're all just normal people at first, but they've already like they're already extraordinary. Right. Like, so it was a very interesting thing to maybe to the point where I'm like, that's how they need to do the movie. <laughs> I'm like, mm-hmm. this is such like a still sophisticated open compared to <laughs> yes. especially other stuff back in the sixties, the other comics back in the sixties, like this narrative structure still works. Well, the other thing is the idea that like a lot of times, like it was like the challenge of the unknown or, you know, mm. people were, or, or say the, you know, justice league or whatever, everyone was already in costume. Like mm-hmm. go, even you look at the cover, for for FF one, you know they're just in. I mean, I'm Ben's in his you know some form of you know short shorts or whatever he's wearing. <laughs> right. But everybody else, you know, Johnny's made of flame. But Ben and, right. and uh, I mean Reed and Sue Reed's are just in, in normal slacks and yeah, they're, yeah, they're right. normal clothes going about their lives. Which again, I think is very you know again for for being you know not having that group shot. Like when I think about comics now and how covers don't really tell the story or they don't really more you know it's a lot of times it's just posed figure or posed figures and it's meant to like sell the cover as an art piece later as opposed to selling the story of the comic right you know this one's got them on the on the cover fighting a, a mole man monster yeah you know yeah. in plain clothes but, mostly yeah right because again when you get the flashback sequence it's all about you know it's it's you know it's obviously really well told by kirby you know you feel what's going on with them and the, and the crash landing and everything and then how their powers emerge and like you know ben's upset because obviously like you said he's he's gotten he's gotten the short end of the stick from the, from the, from the cosmic rays and, you know, he's a monster, but that whole sequence of them, like learning what they can do, you know, Johnny's, you know, Johnny gets overheated about the fact that Ben's a monster and turns into the human torch and then Reed instinctively, you know, tries to contain Ben and therefore he's wrapped around him and Sue's invisible. It's, it's just great. Yeah. But like I said, just from the fact that it's one of those things where they don't, you know, it's not, I mean, it's not a, like I said, it, what, what, again, like Clifton was saying, it stood out to me the idea that it's not typically straight ahead storytelling. And again, I agree with you yeah. that it would be really well to tell a story um, as an open from that when, when introduced yeah. in the MCU. I want to say the 90s Fantastic Four cartoon did their origin as a flashback yep. when they're on the like they're on the tonight show or something okay okay like like like, which i think is actually really cool too like that's another version i would like to see too we're like like let's let's just have the cast show up on jimmy fallon for the movie (laughs) and then the whole thing is their origin 
Like, right. so well, tell I, us, how did you get, how did you get your powers? I just think that that's neat too. I just, right. <laughs> well, I know a couple of them do like the, like there's a couple of Fantastic Four cartoons. I think like the seventies one with Herbie. And I think the one like you th- in this, in the nineties has a version of the open where they basically, you know, it's, it's a song. The theme song tells what happened. Johnny's <laughs> right. made a fire and soon <laughs> we can't see her no more. You know, right. that whole thing. <laughs> You know, that's the, they, the guy, the, the guy's singing, you know, Fantastic Four. Yeah. You know, that's the whole thing. That one, I think, has the actual origin in the open. So you can see what happened. Right, you know, that's, right. that's where it happens to him. Um, yeah, I want to say that they did a Tonight Show thing, which I could be right. Because, okay. man, that, that show was on at like 630 in the morning. And right. even for me, like, like <laughs> you know, however old I was then. Right. Like, you know, I'm sure. like, I'm not getting up that early. There's no way. <laughs> I always thought it would be kind of cool if they if they just instead of instead of cutting a regular trailer they cut up their origin and that was served as their trailer. Oh yeah, that'd be cool. And it was basically like the the four of them, you know, doing like like we talked about in the comic, they're doing their their natural normal things as as the Fantastic Four, and then you know that that uh, Fantastic Four signal goes off, and then all of a sudden it's you know racing into what they got to do, or having the origin be you know. You know that Reed, Reed, and the rest of them stole a rocket, and now they're you know, you know, bombarded by cosmic That's rays. An interesting and, idea, though. Yeah, like and like that way you the, get like you if get the that. trailer is doing work for you. Like, yes, here's the origin. Yeah, here, right? Yeah, get 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 literally everybody on board because I'm assuming that even <laughs> still, like maybe more people will see the trailer, right? Than 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 the movie itself, and then and then like you could just kind of start the movie, right? Like, yeah, that's a neat idea. Yeah, it would yeah. basically be like a short film, like a yeah, prelude yes. short film, yeah. a prologue. And since it's a trailer, you just show it before the movie when it, right. <laughs> in case mm-hmm. you missed it. Yeah. Yeah. That's genius. Nice. That's really cool. Somebody, but, something should do that. Yes, I agree. That's what I, that's why I was like, no, that, that, you know, the trailer would get like, again, for all the stuff that like, we've seen, you know, uncle Ben get shot a million times and we've seen the Waynes in the, yeah. and, you know, uh, Martha Wayne's pearls, you know, fall mm-hmm. a million times and, that we could do away with if we just did it as, as a trailer and then move right into the movie. Right. But I think yeah. Fantastic Four could really do it well because it would it would um, mirror well the first issue. Right. And I do remember what Susan's bit was. She was at a tea party. Okay. In the okay. first episode. And like the person, the woman she's with looks out the window and is like, what is this? Like, what do the words in the sky mean? And then Susan right. just turns invisible. Right, and, right. and her friend's like, where's Susan? Like, what happened? <laughs> right. Yes. Is she and Batman? Then, and then she catches a cab invisible and right. the cabbie just goes with it. Right. <laughs> well, it's almost like a, it's almost like a bewitched bit where like, like the money's there just floating in the air and the cabbie right. has to take it. And he's yeah. like, uh, I, I know I picked the wrong day to stop drinking or something along those lines. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that'd be so, a good one. I think Green yeah. Lantern would be a good candidate for that though. Mm-hmm. Do the origin in a trailer. Sure. Also flash less said about it, the better. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Okay, so who, uh, Clifton? Yeah, what's yours? So my number one, I'm 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 pulling another Citizen Kane here. Oh, okay, I'm going back in time to a movie that it was was groundbreaking and it has been much much uh, imitated, and that is Rashomon, the Kurosawa film. Ah, uh, yeah, uh, which uh-huh. has a thing called the Rashomon effect because of how often <laughs> right, it right. is imitated. And in Rashomon, it's set in feudal Japan, like many, about half of Kurosawa's films are. Right. And uh, revolves around a crime and people trying to get to the bottom of what happened. The movie is basically made up of four interviews of sorts from witnesses who saw it. And they all tell you conflicting things. Mm -hmm. So we see it happen four different ways. And then we have to figure out, like, well, like, who's telling the truth here? Are they all telling a form of the truth? Are all of them lying? And just that mechanic has been so imitated ever since. Right. Mm. But Rashomon was, uh, I don't know if it was the first, but it's definitely the most prominent to right. the fact that it's called the Rashomon effect. Right. Um, and I mean, some, some examples of things that have, that have played with it, usual suspects, mm-hmm. hero, which is the martial arts film from 2002. Mm. Gone Girl, more recently. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Vantage Point from 2008. Uh, yeah, and and some others that I'm just yeah. not thinking of. But yeah, so that was mine, which is, is a great one. I mean, I can think of so many things that have used <laughs> that, have played with that idea 
of yeah. of, of unreliable multiple unreliable narrators and yeah. mm-hmm. I've never I've never actually seen Rashomon. I've only I you know of the effect mm-hmm. or the or the or the 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 you know the conflicting narratives. Right. I remember there's a great episode of King of the Hill that uses it. Okay. <laughs> where they where they they um they want to be volunteer firefighters and a fire gets started in the fire fire uh, house. <laughs> okay. And they're all and it's one of, it's one of my favorite bits of like you get to see Bill how Bill sees himself like with a full head of hair and <laughs> you know they they all you know, a uh, Boomhauer. Oh, every, that's what, what the other favorite bit in is the fact like Boomhauer. Every he speaks perfectly, and right. everyone else speaks weirdly <laughs> around him. <laughs> right. That's <laughs> so. It, yeah, it's a great bit. Yeah, no, it's a terrific movie. This is one that I that I managed to see in the theater also for the first mm. time, like like in in a film festival too. And it's, I mean, it's. <sighs> I mean, God, it's what's so funny is that you you bring up how how often it's it's used and how inspirational it is. And it's like it's not even the most inspirational thing Kurosawa has done, which is the weird thing. I mean, we're talking maybe the greatest filmmaker to ever live. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's it's nuts. He's um, I mean, there's just one of him for sure. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Good pick. Good pick. Um, all right. So for my last one, I am going with season two episode or two parter from Legend of Korra called Mm. Beginnings. And it is a uh, two part episode that shows the origin of the Avatar, essentially shows us the very first Avatar and how it came to be and all the world building, you know, that, uh, you know, is tied to it. You know, we see, we see, uh, uh, you know, if you guys don't watch legend of Korra or avatar, the last airbender, you should, it's great. But when you're the avatar, you are the only wielder of, on the planet of all four elements. So you can bend air, water, earth, and fire. And it shows us like how that started. And every avatar has like a spirit animal that accompanies them. And it shows us how that started. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> And and just how like how the world and the spirit world got out of balance. And what's so cool about it is that like it, it it's it's a stylistic departure as far as the visual style, but not so different that it feels like a different show. Like it's it's definitely like in the same family, and you know it's an episode of Korra, but it looks different from all the other episodes. Right. It's got like this kind of like airbrushy, like like um like an ink wash, like an yeah, old yeah, ink yeah. wash. Yeah, it's a beautiful episode. It's all—it's almost like like a creation myth, almost right. like it always rem- it always reminds me of that. Like, right. you know, where where you know all these cultures have have these cool stories about like how how the world came to be, how the world was birthed, right, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just sort of like it reminds me so much of of those. And it does borrow directly from some Japanese uh, creation myths that uh-huh. are shared by other cultures in the world too, such as the world turtle. Right. But that's a Japanese yeah. one. The world that the world rides around on the back of a giant turtle. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. It's just like it's a terrific terrific episode. <laughs> or two episodes, I should say. It's yeah, a it was a two-parter. Yeah. And like I mean my 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 jaw just hit the ground <laughs> when when those came out. So, what was what season was that in? That was season two. That's like, mi- like, like middle of almost, season two. Yeah, almost midway of season two. And yeah. it was um, featured different voice cast because it was entirely not mm-hmm. not in the present. And it was uh, Stephen Yen. Mm-hmm. Is right. that who was the voice in that? Yep. yep. In that Avatar, episode? Wa- Avatar Wan. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He then has later done other voice work such as Voltron where he was great as Keith and Invincible where he's Mark Grayson. Yep. Yeah. He's good. He's very good, yeah. He was nominated for a bunch of awards this past year. Oh yeah, too, right? Yeah, for Minari. Yeah, just a terrific, terrific. I mean, but like, again, if you guys haven't seen it, watch the show. But if, if I mean, you you could just watch these episodes also. Yeah, I mean, right? those two like, episodes stand alone yeah. as as their own little thing. Yeah, it's got a frame narrative to it. Where like you know, Cora Cora is sort of like in the spirit like like she's sort of like in a trance and sort of like having this this story told to her sort of by 
the spirits of her past self because all the avatars are part of essentially it's the same it's the same life cycle for for the same soul is coming back as a different into a different body every every iteration right Right. awesome show awesome awesome show (laughs) i love it which i think you can actually find the scripts for these episodes too on on i think it's i think it's um Martino's like block i think he mm. had had him posted okay michael yeah. Martino, yeah co-showrunner yeah which is cool stuff so if you're into if you're into how shows look like on the page you could definitely check that one out also so so that's flashbacks all right listeners tell us your thoughts on flashbacks do you love them do you hate them indifferent do you have a favorite that we didn't touch upon let us know we want to hear from you guys as always we'll post links and examples to everything we talk about on let me know how it is.com Please remember to like us and follow us on social media. Thanks for being here and we will see you next time. 